Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, Saving Babies and Souls, and Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their banners to donate. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. And back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with most of the guys. So we got Roger and Neil, myself, Bob, John Rush not with us. We look forward to having him back with us next week. This week, we're going to talk about a couple different things. Number one, the horrific school shooting that happened at Michigan State University. There's a lot to unpack there. Uh, And then secondly, where we stand with the balloon shoot downs, the Chinese spy balloons and these other objects that are shot down, three objects shot down in three days. What's going on here? What are these exactly? And are they extraterrestrials? Are they probes being sent from space aliens? And what, you know, it's all right. So, a lot to talk about as we work our way through. But uh, first, with uh, Roger and Neil, guys, how are you? Very good, Bob. Thank you. You're doing great, Bob. Was, how are you? Good. Yeah, very good. Very good. Looking forward to the week. So, uh, let's talk about the school shooting first. Uh, this, of course, is a very heavy thing. We, we encourage everybody, certainly, be in prayer. Be praying for these families, certainly for the families of the three students who were killed, for the five students who are recovering. They're in critical condition in the hospital, recovering from their gunshot wounds. And so we encourage everybody to certainly be praying for them. But it's a horrendous school shooting, Michigan State University, kind of in my own backyard. As a matter of fact, four of my nieces and nephews attend and were there when the shootings happened. Thankfully, none of them were killed, but one of them did have her her good friend killed. And so it's just a a horrible tragedy when you see stuff like this. 43-year-old man, Anthony McRae, goes into the school uh, the other night. This was about 8.30 at night. And surveillance cameras show him, security cameras show him pulling a, looks like a handgun out of his pocket. And he goes into one of the rooms and just starts shooting. Then he walks over to another room, starts shooting there. Uh, Three students killed, five injured. Then he leaves campus. He apparently had a note in his pocket with uh, references to a couple of public schools in Ewing, New Jersey, that he was planning on finishing things at Michigan State and then going to Ewing, New Jersey. So apparently his plan was to drive to New Jersey. He apparently has some connections to people in New Jersey, and he was going to go there and do that. Uh, We don't know why he carried this out. We don't have a motive yet. He was off campus, and police released images of him from security camera. He was recognized. Somebody called police. They went and they tracked him down about five miles away from Michigan State University. And when he was confronted, he pulled the gun on himself, killed himself. Okay. He was 43 years old, African-American. He lived with his dad. And apparently, according to his dad and his brother, he was just so distraught over his mother dying. His mother had a stroke back in 2020. And this just caused him to withdraw from life. He quit his job. He spent all his time locked up in his room at his dad's house playing video games, 43-year-old guy. And apparently his dad, it appears to have been a Christian family. His dad says that he was trying to convince his son to come to church with him. There's some unconfirmed reports that this shooter had posted scripture verses on his social media in the past. That's not completely confirmed, but 
So anyway, it appears that this was a Christian family, but that this guy just went off the deep end and couldn't get past the grief. His dad says he turned evil and mean after his mom died. And uh, it appears that he just ended up snapping. Why he chose Michigan State University, nobody knows yet. He has no connections there that we know of. Doesn't know anybody that went there, never attended there himself, doesn't know any teachers, never worked there. So we just don't know what it is that that happened uh, in this case. What we do know, though, is that the prosecutor in that particular area, the county prosecutor, ended up dropping charges, felony charges against him from back in 2019. He actually possessed a handgun in 2019 that he was carrying illegally. Well, the reason it was illegal is because in the state of Michigan, you have to have concealed carry license. I have a concealed carry license, but he did not, and he was still carrying concealed. He got caught, and he was charged with felony uh, with a felony of illegally possessing a concealed firearm that faces up to five years in prison. However, the prosecutor, liberal left-wing Democrat, George Soros-funded left-wing prosecutor, dropped the charges, reduced it to a misdemeanor. So therefore, he only got one and a half years probation. And after the one and a half years probation, he could go ahead and get a gun again and own a gun again, even though if he were a felon, he wouldn't have been able to do that. But he wasn't a felon because the felony charges were dropped. So he was able to go ahead and get a gun again. There's no indication that he got the gun illegally in any way, which means he most likely went through the standard FBI background checks and such. And we know what the liberal left is doing. They're politicizing this large and trying to turn this into, uh, we need more gun control laws and everything else. No, we need Michigan State University to not be a gun-free zone anymore. But that's kind of some overall background of what's happened in this particular case. Bottom line, it is another school shooting. It's a college, not a high school, but it's still devastating. These are 18, 19-year-old kids, and they are from you know the community that I live here. As a matter of fact, two of the kids that died happened to live in the very same community that my in-laws live in. Actually, several of my in-laws live in. And so this hits close to home for us, but it's being watched around the nation. And so let's kind of go around the table and talk about this uh, a little bit if we could. And maybe, Roger, if we could start with you, just some of your thoughts, some of your takes, some of your analysis when you see a horrible shooting like this and, and we try to put some kind of explanation to it. Well, you know, it's interesting to think about um, the tragedy here because uh, there are so many things that don't fit the typical left-leaning media narrative with regard to a mass shooting. You know, it happened at a college. It didn't happen at an elementary school. It happened uh, an older gentleman, I mean, someone in his 40s, uh, actually pulling the trigger as opposed to the angry late teen, early 20s. Um, African-American guy um, has a history of, you know, with the, the one run in with the law. But then there's the mental health issue, too. And we can't stress enough, you know, I mean, how important it is to take a look at the whole, you know, person in a situation like this. And my initial thought, of course, is my heart breaks for his dad, because not only did dad lose his wife within the past couple of years, right. but now his son goes on this rampage. Secondly, dad being a man of faith and having an adult who, I mean, think about this, guys. I mean, this is three years ago, his mother passed away and he kind of starts going, uh, you know, remedial here, moves back in with dad, 
loses his job, doesn't want to really function because he can't get along without his mother. And may we not forget how important parents are in the role, the lives of their children, you know, the, the role that we all play. You know, I was thinking about this in terms of, you know, the rights that we have in terms of, you know, whether you have a gun-free zone, not a gun-free zone. And it got me thinking about the, the the work that Alliance Defending Freedom is doing right now because of the fact that they are literally standing up for life in every aspect of it, whether it be in a case of, you know, a carried weapon or the, the fact that you as a, an American citizen have the right to actually live. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day with what Alliance Defending Freedom has with their uh, their grants and funding program. And as we were celebrating just a month ago, the uh, the overturning of Roe versus Wade and the fact that we are now a pro-life nation, even though half the states actually have these laws. And it was there's Planned Parenthood versus Rounds was a case that kind of was the precursor for uh, the Dobbs versus Jackson case. And it was Alliance Defending Freedom who was on the, the forefront of that. I mean, they're fighting so many of these cases about our personal liberties from a religious standpoint. And I know we are grateful to have ADF as part of our team here at the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. I can't stress enough how important it is to make a donation to Alliance Defending Freedom for the work that they do. Um, you can call 877-367-6461. 877-367-6461 or go to crawfordmediagroup.net we have a banner there where you can support alliance defending freedom because invariably you know here's a case where you've got a family of faith and this is a you know a guy who's going to need some kind of you know defense here and bob i can only imagine what it's like for you guys i mean my heart breaks for knowing that you have people in your family who are impacted by this geographically um and that's where you know when we look at where the rubber meets the road oftentimes it's it's not a big deal until it is a big deal when it really hits home. And I think that's what I, I took away from what you were sharing in your opening uh, you know, dialogue. And it's something that is uh, I'm resonating with as well. I mean, it's, just, it's heartbreaking to see somebody kind of lose it like this over something this, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't seem like it should lead to something like this where eight or wounded three are dead. But it does kind of serve as a wake-up call for us in the community to say whether it's the sanctity of human life in terms of, you know, the preborn child or the sanctity of human life with regard to somebody who just is so despondent and doesn't have a place for his grief and winds up going and taking this heinous act. I, we, we definitely have our work cut out for us in this culture, you know, from a, a ministry standpoint, uh, from just a caring human being standpoint. There's a lot there's a lot going on with that this case kind of brings to the surface, I think, a lot of a lot of people would say inadvertently, but it really does. Right, it really does. You're so right, Roger. And Neil, Neil Boron, live out of Buffalo, New York, of course. Your, just your immediate thoughts and as you kind of process another one of these kind of shootings, what are some of your thoughts and analysis on this? I think, well, one of the first thoughts I had, obviously, since they're searching for a motive, is, is this the kind of thing that we'll ever really find a motive for? Like, is it possible... Uh, that he was struggling with mental health issues and that this kind of thing was just inevitable for him. Um, I, I think that there's a an attitude prevalent amongst people, especially here in the West and, and in America in general, where we live with a great deal of prosperity. You know, we think that we can stop all bad things from happening. Like we can stop kids from skinning their knee by putting rubber chips at the playground underneath the swing set and stuff. And, and while I think all effort should be made to end mass shootings and to end this kind of thing that happened at uh, Michigan State. Um, the reality is I'm not sure that we can ever stop everything. And I think we have to keep that in the back of our mind. And sometimes people do stuff just, you know, like they let out primal screams. I mean, is it possible? I mean, maybe he was, uh, you know, harmed in some way by people at other educational institutions or whatever. Maybe some of that stuff will come out 
you know, but, but who would have ever known that he would go to this length, right? I mean, sometimes people just go out in the woods and they scream just to get out their anger. Maybe he just had had enough. He was angry. He was frustrated. He was hurt. He was wounded. He himself was dealing with unresolved questions and decided to carry this thing out. I'm not saying that's the reason. I'm not sure we'll ever know. But, but again, who really knows? And then the other thing that immediately comes to mind is the idea that, you know, law enforcement had an opportunity to do something about this. And did you say it was a prosecutor, Bob, that backed down on the fact that he had previously had some type of a gun charge? that was This was in- Ingham County District Attorney Carol yeah. Simon, who is a Democrat, George Soros-funded, liberal left-wing prosecutor. And these are felony charges up to five years in prison. He would never be allowed to own a gun again right. legally. And she even, she specifically stated that uh, because of what she calls, quote, racial inequality, that she adjusted the prosecutorial guidelines in cases like this and had this reduced from a felony to a misdemeanor. And basically because this is her way of, quote unquote, sticking up for black people. Well, um immediate thought obviously is enforce the laws that are already on the books there's people yeah. obviously again jumping on board liberals and democrats and others saying we need more gun laws how about enforce the ones that are on the books maybe he would have never possessed a handgun as a result certainly he could have gotten one illegally and that's the other flip side of that coin because uh crime exists and laws exist and people continue to commit crimes even in the face of laws murder happens rape happens driving under the influence happens there's laws against all of that stuff and criminals break laws apparently he had criminal intent so he broke whatever laws were on the books and he killed some people at michigan state and wounded others and it's a tragedy that we wish we could 100 percent prevent but i'm not sure ultimately that we can hey guys yeah. i want to jump in here just for echo something neil said and underscored a little bit with regard to the well you know and bob you mentioned the uh let's not call this a felony let's call it a misdemeanor because you know the history of you know african americans i mean when you think about that i don't know if too many people in the african-american community or hispanic community would say oh we want lighter sentences they just want to make sure that they have a fair day in court i mean if right. you can imagine the super bowl this last week and it's like hey you know what kansas city they're driving the ball down this that and the other thing but because they haven't been in the super bowl all that much let's make sure their touchdown counts for 10 points you know or right that's silly i mean what they want to know they want to know i mean we we saw the 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 holding the phantom holding call at the end of the game which was a hold but not in the last few minutes of the game people just want to see it meet it out fairly i think more than anything else so it really is a shame if he did commit a felony in 2019 he should have been charged and prosecuted with a felony but for all the times when somebody got pulled over in the cop you know breaks their front headlight and say, you know, that's a fine in this county, you know, that, that type of stuff. We're trying to eliminate the one, but uphold the other. And I think it's a both and not an either or. Sure. Sure. No, and that's very fair. That's very fair. Now there's some more on this that we want to analyze and we're going to continue doing that. But uh, before we do, I want to take a moment right now and just remind everybody that uh, when we see loss of life like this, it's heartbreaking, of course, but I want to remind you there's another type of loss of life that's happening every single day. And this is abortion. We know how real this is. Yeah, Roe v. Wade's overturned, as Roger mentioned, but you know something? Abortions are still happening all across this country. And you can do something about that. You can actually really stop some abortions. I'm not talking about showing up and physically blocking a door at an abortion clinic. No, here's what you do. You give money to preborn. Because preborn is in the business of saving lives all across this country. Here's how they do it. They partner with pro-life centers all across the nation. 
And Preborn is the organization that's showing these ultrasound images of unborn babies to their moms. And the moms choose life statistically 85% of the time when they see an ultrasound image of their baby. So we got to get these ultrasound images in front of the eyes of the moms. Well, it costs money to do this. And the average cost to save one baby's life is $28. That's why we ask everybody listening to us right now, would you save 10 babies' lives? Would you stop 10 abortions? It's $280. Would you do that? Every dime that you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. Now, if you can do double that, do double that. Do 560, save 20 babies' lives. Maybe you could do 10 times that and do $2,800 and save 100 babies' lives. What a legacy that would be for your family. And yes, we need some of you out there that have been blessed financially by God. Maybe you're in a business or something. Uh, we'd like you to buy an ultrasound machine. Those are $15,000. And your company or your family's legacy will be saving thousands and thousands of babies' lives. But for everybody else, 280 bucks, 10 babies, what do you say? Here's all you have to do. Go right now to crawfordmediagroup.net. That's crawfordmediagroup.net and click on the preborn tab. You can give right there. Uh, you can also give them a call 24-7, they answer the phones. So you can call right now, 833-850-BABY. All right, 833-850-BABY. Just mention the National Crawford Roundtable when you call. Look, you're talking about saving babies' lives and saving souls because the moms are accepting Jesus Christ by the thousands at the same time. So is that worth 280 bucks to you? CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the preborn tab. We appreciate you folks doing that. As we continue talking about right now the horrific shooting that happened at Michigan State University. And Roger, I, I know this sounds kind of cynical, but I, I want to I lay out for you what I think is the very deceptive and sleazy and vulgar, really, uh, political strategy that the Democrats use whenever there's horrific shootings like this. It goes something like this. Democrats say, we have to do something. Something has to be done. Never mind the fact you already got all these laws on the books, gun restriction laws, but they still say something has to be done. And what is that something? We need some new gun laws, some new gun restriction laws. Well, then the NRA says, well, we oppose that. Uh, that. That's absurd because these new gun laws have absolutely no bearing on shootings like this. Then the Republican Party says, well, yeah, we oppose any new gun laws only if they're only going to affect legal law-abiding citizens and have no bearing whatsoever on these kind of shootings. All these new gun restrictions are going to do is affect legal gun owners, hunters, sportsmen, enthusiasts, and it's just going to make owning a gun more expensive for poor families that won't be able to afford a gun to be able to support their families anymore. So the Republican Party opposes these unnecessary additional gun restrictions. Then the Democrats turn around and say, see, those Republicans refuse to pass common sense gun laws. They're refusing to do anything about gun violence. How many of our children have to die before the Republicans will wipe the blood off their hands and get out of bed with the NRA? Then the media, of course, runs with that narrative as well. And, you know, something the Democrats successfully smeared Republicans and convinced some uninformed independent swing voters that Republicans' opposition to new gun laws is the reason why we have these gun shootings. The Democrats know how dishonest this is, but as much as I hate to say it, Roger, strategically, it does tend to work and buy them some independent votes. And I just find it disgusting because they're using the blood of these kids for a dishonest political strategy against Republicans. 
Absolutely agree. I mean, this is one of the places where we lament this at least once every National Crawford Roundtable podcast. And I guess this is that moment where we lament the fact that the Democrat strategists do such a they're such a on point when it comes to messaging and the Republican strategists just can I say suck on this program? I mean, they stink. <laughs> They're horrible at this. I mean, the messaging is awful. Bob, everything you just laid out there makes perfect sense. I mean, these wallpaper laws that Democrats come up with anytime there's a mass shooting. I mean, and the FBI had to redefine what a mass shooting was because, you know, we think of a mass shooting. We think of that tragedy in Nevada, for example, you know, the crazed gunman shooting in you know, right. 56 people. But now, I mean, the definition of a mass shooting is if, if there are three or more people shot at it, not including the killer, and uh, depending on the, the loss of life, and then it's considered a quote unquote public event if there are three or more people around. I mean, so- and, and, can I, and can I step in on that real quick? Because you're, you're so right. That is such an important point, Roger, that you're making, because now all the media is running with is this is the 67th mass shooting mm-hmm. in this country this year. And it's like, okay, but come on, when you redefine mass shooting to involve three people, that's tragic. But most people tend to think of, you're right, something huge like the Pulse nightclub shooting or the Nevada shooting or something like that. Yeah, according to FBI statistics, it's like 99.77% of homicides using a firearm are not mass shootings. So the idea that every time there's a quote unquote mass shooting by legal definition, either by the way the FBI is defining it, by the way NBC is defining it or whatever, there's kind of this accepted narrative that all you have to do is keep hitting those keywords, keep hitting those those searchable uh, phrases. And next thing you know, people just... No one wants to take the time to dig deeper. I mean, they don't want to take an hour to listen to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast and hear us, you know, wrangle over these types of things. I mean, you're absolutely right. And of course, we are now going to get a new wave of quote unquote common sense gun reform laws. And they'll all happen this year because next year everyone's up for reelection and no one wants to have right. a potato like that up there. But you watch between now and probably the end of the summer, someone's going to pose with standing in front of another group of wallpaper laws that look like they sound really wonderful. They'll probably bring Jesse Jackson out of retirement retirement to stand Mm. there and mumble something and say, see, we're actually cracking down. The thing that will potentially mess up the narrative, Bob, you and I know it, is the ethnicity of the shooter. Um, Whenever it it, it rolls in this way, all of a sudden this is going to become a mental health crisis. It's going to become an issue. And again, evil is evil. Doesn't matter what skin color you're talking about. But because the media narrative is so entrenched in playing whatever card they need to play and checking off whatever box they do. We'll have to watch and see how they play this one out. But everything you described is very plausible, unfortunately. It really is. Now, I want to ask you guys about the idea of gun-free zones. This is something I'm very passionate about. And, Neil, I want to get your take on this. You know, Michigan State University is a gun-free zone. Okay, guns are not allowed there. And for the life of me, I do not understand why so many of the liberal left in this country has convinced themselves that if an area is a gun-free zone, that makes it a safer environment for the people there. It's not. When I walk into a business and I see on the front door a no guns allowed, this is a gun-free zone sign, I don't feel safe in that store because the one person who's going to disregard the rules on gun-free zones is the mass shooter or the gunman or the robber or the burglar. In other words, the criminal doesn't care if it's a gun-free zone. Actually, he does care because he realizes that he can pick off people and not have to worry about being shot back at. He knows this is a soft target for him now. And so that's why it just it makes my eye twitch when we see nobility in these so-called gun-free zones. I look at those kids at Michigan State University and I'll 
bet you I would be willing to bet money that in those classrooms that were shot, you have at least some of those kids who are gun owners, and you probably have at least a couple of them or a handful of them that have concealed carry licenses, but they're not allowed to take their gun to school because, after all, that's a gun-free zone. Wouldn't it have been nice if one of those kids could shoot back at that gunman and then maybe we wouldn't have three dead and five more in the hospital right now? Uh, the idea of gun-free zones, I think, is dangerous. So if Democrats say they want to have a conversation about how to reduce Gun crime, how do we stop people from dying in these mass shootings? Why don't we have an honest conversation about the danger of gun-free zones? It's a magnet for mass shooters. Anyway, I'm, I'm ranting. Neil, your thoughts? Well, I wonder if we can get a Republican president in and control of both houses of Congress, and then maybe we can take the gun-free zones signs and uh, maybe. Put, a, put another sign below them that says AKA, so it says gun-free zone, AKA mass shooting soft target. Like uh, I, Exactly. I, Which, by I, the I way, mean, just, just, just so you know, we only have about 30 seconds left before the break. I just want to give you a heads up. All right. Well, thank you. I, uh, the bottom line is uh, we know that laws don't work in stopping crime. They're speed bumps. Laws are speed bumps. They may deter some people from committing crimes, but they don't stop other people. And the idea of a gun-free zone is a wishful, hopeful act that maybe if we just declare these places as gun-free zones, crimes won't occur. But people who are committing crimes are looking for soft targets. Therefore, I believe uh, it's absolutely zero deterrent against somebody who wants to commit a mass shooting. Absolutely. And actually, Roger, I want to get your take on this too. We're going to do it on the other side of the break, and then we're going to uh, shift the conversation after that to the balloons and the shooting down of these objects and these UFOs, if you will. And so we got a lot more to talk about. Uh, I want to remind everybody, if you did not yet, go online to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on Preborn, or call the toll-free number to give to Preborn. Please do it now, all right? We're asking everybody listening to give at least $280 to stop 10 abortions, to save 10 babies' lives. And if you can give more than that, give more than that. But this is through Preborn by showing ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms. So there is something that we can actually really do to be responsible for stopping abortions. Wouldn't it be nice for you and your family to have as part of your legacy? There are 10 human beings alive that would have been killed, but thanks to us and our family and just our $280, one time we stopped 10 abortions. So what do you say? Would you do this now? Just go to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on the preborn tab, and you can give right there. And everything you give, every dime, goes to funding ultrasounds, not one penny for overhead. And if you want to give over the phone, they answer the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you can call right now to 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call, okay? 833-850-BABY. In the second half of this podcast, we're going to kind of wind down our discussion on the MSU school shooting and the idea of gun-free zones. Then we're going to shift the conversation to the Chinese spy balloon and all these other objects being shot down. And what do we make of all of this? Don't forget, you can listen to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast past episodes at crawfordmediagroup.net or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you listen to your podcast. We welcome your five-star reviews. And you can also watch video of us doing the podcast at myhopenow.com.
and the second half of the podcast coming up next. This has been a Crawford Media Group production. Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with most of the guys. we got Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. Roger Marsh of The Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California. Myself, Bob Duco, The Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. Uh, John Rush, Rush Reason out of Denver, Colorado, will be back with us next week. Uh, we're talking about the school shooting at Michigan State University. As we kind of wind that down, we'll shift over in just a moment to the Chinese spy balloon and the other objects being shot down. But Roger, Roger Marsh, I do want to get your take, though, on the gun-free zones thing because I, I understand that people emotionally feel safer when nobody's allowed to carry a gun in a building or a place or a college or whatever. But logically, they're not safer. Logically, it's a more dangerous environment because anyone who's going to carry out a crime, anybody who's going to shoot people, doesn't care if it's a gun-free zone. If anything else, he likes that target better because he knows he doesn't have to worry about anybody shooting back. And I just, for the life of me, I do not understand why people don't see the logic in that. You know, I wonder if they're now going to come after beware of dog signs on people's homes. I mean, when you get <laughs> right. right down to it. I mean, why not? Because, I mean, it's the same type of logic. I remember uh, about five years ago, uh, my daughter Emily and her husband and my grandson Isaac went to Chicago to see the uh, the Cubs play at Wrigley Field. And it was Isaac's first trip to Wrigley, so Grandpa tagged along. And I went into a supermarket that was there on before we went to the stadium that day at Wrigley Field. And they, it was the first time I'd ever seen that, you know, a handgun with the circle and the red thing. I took a picture of it and I turned around and walked away. I thought, why would I walk into a place, especially in a city the size of Chicago, why would I walk into a supermarket that says, oh, by the way, we're a gun-free zone? Right. I mean, maybe you know what the history is there. That's crazy. It's kind of, we're a seatbelt-free zone. You know, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. And yet, Bob, you hit the nail on the head. It's an emotional reaction that a lot of people have, that a lot of politicians have. This will curry favor with my constituency. The fact that uh, we don't like the idea of guns and we know guns are bad. And if we could just melt all the guns and, you know, uh, let them explode in space or whatever, um, then we'd be born to be wild, I guess. But um, the, the, <laughs> I don't know why that lyric came to mind. What, what kind but, of obscure road? are you going now? <laughs> Sorry. Gotta now get I got to get your motor running. running. Exactly. Now I can't get out of my head. Thanks well, a I lot. Mean, they did call the band Steppenwolf. So. Um, okay. The rea- I think the reality, though, is that's where a lot of people are. That's where their theology on this is. is right. to say, well, if we didn't have guns, we wouldn't have crime full stop. Instead of saying, well, look, the problem isn't the guns. That's, that's kind of like saying if we didn't have cars, we wouldn't have car wrecks. I mean, it's a, it, it's, it's a sin problem, not a, a weapon problem. And until we as a culture will address that, Make all the wallpaper laws you want to. The good people who are already abiding by them will continue to do so. And the lawbreakers who couldn't care less will say, good, that just makes it easier for me to shoot somebody up. You know what? I would just I, I would just love to see any of these Democrats that uh, want the more gun restriction laws and demand gun-free zones to exist. I just love to see one of them have the guts to put a sign on their front lawn that says this home is a gun-free zone. They won't do that. Why won't they do that? Why would they put a neon sign to the to the murderers and the rapists? Hey, this is a safe environment for you to carry out your crime in. Well, yeah, Neil. And quite quite the contrary, they put signs up that say this property is under surveillance, which, <laughs> right, which acts right. as a deterrent. But uh, I just wanted to say the irony of this conversation today 
it's nine months uh, since the mass shooting in Buffalo that took the lives of 10 black individuals mm. at a mm. Topps grocery store. And today um, he's being sentenced in Erie County Court. He still faces federal charges, but he's been sentenced in Erie County Court and believed to be given, you know, the expectation is that he's going to get life without any possibility of parole. But, um, you know, one of, the, one of the victims that died was a, a gentleman named Aaron Salter, a former cop who was working as a security guard at Topps that day, pulled a gun out and returned fire on the shooter. The only reason uh, Gendron, uh, the shooter, uh, wasn't, wasn't uh, de- de- deterred at that point was because he was wearing body armor. But, uh, you know, it, we might have only had one or two or maybe three dead, uh, as a, uh, but as opposed to 10, if he hadn't been wearing body armor. But the point is, it would have been a gun that stopped him on the way in. Unfortunately, right. it didn't work. But yeah. yeah, that is so true. That is so true. Well, it's, you know, the old, uh, the old bumper sticker, annoy a liberal, use facts and logic. And it, it does seem like this applies here because for the life of me, I just, I don't get that. You know, I look at here in the state of Michigan, the, we have Michigan Democrat U.S. Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin and in her attack against Republicans for regarding this shooting, she said, quote, you either care about protecting kids or you don't. You either care about having an open, honest conversation about what's going on in our society or you don't. But don't tell me you care about the safety of children if you're not willing to have a conversation about keeping them safe in a place that should be a sanctuary. Okay, Congresswoman Slotkin, let's have a conversation. Will you agree to have a conversation about ending uh, gun-free zones? Well, no, I'm not willing to have that conversation. Okay, then shut up. I'm sorry. I'm just not buying it. You're using your dishonest strategic tactics to try to smear Republicans and trick people into thinking that the reason we have these shootings is because we don't have more of your gun laws on the books. Look to California. Nobody knows better than Roger the amount of gun restriction laws that exist in California. And look at the spate of quote-unquote mass shootings that continue to go on out there. So, yeah. Let me uh, have one, one last thing real quick. Yeah. Uh, one of the co- conversations I've had over the last few months on, on the air here in Buffalo is that you know Governor Hochul passed uh, some new gun legislation several months ago that cracks down on people being able to carry, concealed carry in what she calls sensitive locations. And that's like playgrounds and shopping malls, churches and other, quote, sensitive locations. Well, a number of clergy sued her and sued the state saying, hey, you're infringing upon our Second Amendment rights. And many of these clergy were African-American inner-city pastors who for decades have concealed carry uh, you know, permits and have utilized them, saying, look, at, if somebody comes in the back door of our church intending to harm our small congregation that can't afford to pay a security team, uh, I'm the first one who's going to see them, and I want to protect my congregation. And so for decades, these individuals have carried guns without incident to protect their congregations. And yet, even then, uh, our own state, a Democrat-controlled state here in New York, is trying to take away their rights. Well, uh, anyway, they're suing a court to get those uh, rights reversed. But um, it's just evidence of the fact that common sense people understand that guns are a deterrent to crime and can be used to protect innocent people. Absolutely. So true. Well, uh, I'll tell you what, we, uh, we're going to shift the conversation over now to to talk about the the Chinese spy balloon that got shot down last week. And then, of course, uh, since then, there were three other objects shot down in three days. Two of them balloons, one of them uh, metallic balloons, they were saying, one of them kind of an octagon metal object of some kind that had strings hanging off of it. Uh, The government says that they have not retrieved them yet, so we don't know what they were, which can I just say, it seems kind of odd that Joe Biden's policy is 
we will now shoot down anything out of the sky without even knowing what it is uh, and then claim we can't recover it afterward. All right, never mind the fact that uh, our, our our government surveillance and satellite imagery is so precise. Okay, we can see a tattoo on a flea's backside, but we can't figure out what it is that we shot down. So it seems to me that they're not telling us. But this is after this very same Biden administration let this Chinese spy balloon enter Alaskan airspace, wasn't shot down over the miles and miles of empty tundra in Alaska, then allowed to go through Canada, down through the United States, and then all the way across the United States after hovering briefly over some of our nuclear launch sites. And then once it finished its mission and China's collected its data, now it's out over the Atlantic Ocean. Oh, now we'll go ahead and shoot it down. But then after this, okay, now we're going to shoot down uh, anything. What's next? They're going to shoot down a kid's kite. I mean, I'm trying to figure out what is a strategy here at play? What's going on? And then, of course, in a little bit, we're going to get to the discussion of some people going, hey, is this, are these space aliens from another planet? And NORAD's commander kind of feeding into that. But uh, Roger, let me toss it over to you uh, right now, first of all, and kind of get your thoughts on the, the, the us going from from first, hey, let the Chinese spy balloon hover as long over our land as we want to, to now suddenly we're going to shoot down stuff out of the sky without even knowing what we're shooting down. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the the idea that we would be shooting so blindly, first and foremost, I mean, I don't know how many times we've seen balloons or things like this going over and didn't really give it a second thought and how many times they've been using this as a regular, you know, common tactic. And now all of a sudden this one, becomes a problem because it's close to a nuclear reactor because a lot of people saw it or what was the uh, the timing of this just seems really suspicious i can't believe that this is the first time the chinese ever did this or that we've done this to other nations and that we would have a problem but you know the, then when you start bringing in the alien ufo type of thing and seeing things that aren't seen i'll be honest with you that that kind of smacks to me rather disingenuously of how leftists like to operate, case in point. I mean, we think about, uh, we've been talking a lot about pro-life legislation, for example, mm -hmm. and seeing things that are there versus aren't there. Um, Alliance Defending Freedom has two cases right now that they're handling. One is in New Mexico, where they're trying to invent a constitutional right to abortion, kind of like what we have, Bob, in Michigan and California, and I think New York's heading in that direction as well. Then mm -hmm. there's actually a case in Montana where they're trying to argue that the sanctity of human life, and it doesn't really matter when it comes to your religious liberty, because women should have a religious exemption to kill their kids if they lines up with their deeply and sincerely held religious beliefs. And so, hmm. you know, once again, you've got the left inventing things that aren't there, you know, trying to make stories out of nothing. I mean, we how do we cut through the clutter to get to the real reality of it? And by the way, this is my uh, half hour mention of Alliance Defending Freedom, because they do take these cases on. This is really happening in courts right now. You know, I mean, the spy thing, you've got a lot of diversion with the alien and UFO, but these pro-life cases that Alliance Defending Freedom is handling, I mean, these are real. Um, when you go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and you click on the Alliance Defending Freedom banner, they need your $500 donation, completely tax deductible. It goes into their grants and profits, or grants and foundational fund for fighting these cases. And if you call 877-367-6461, you can do the same thing. But Bob, it's only going to be a matter of time before they wind up taking out a case like this because it just seems so far-fetched. We know other countries spy on other countries. I mean, that, that does happen. Right. Why this balloon? Why now? Why the UFO story? Why do they think the American people are that dense? I mean, but apparently we are.
As I don't we- know. I, I guess so. Neil, what's what's your take on this? Going from one extreme to the other, the Chinese spy balloon is ignored, allowed to complete its mission across this country, and then now we're shooting blindly stuff out of the sky, one of them over Port Huron in my backyard here. Uh, and the first missile missed, by the way. So how'd you like to be out there on a sailboat? <laughs> well, maybe not on a sailboat, but, but they'd be out, I guarantee, on uh, Port Huron, there's all kinds of people out there uh, fishing, ice fishing and such. And so I was like, eh, whatever. But uh, now they shoot down things blindly out of the sky without knowing what they are. How is this not political and inept? Well, it is. It's political and it's inept. And I just think it's a follow-up to the president's tough guy routine in the State of the Union address, just trying to say, hey, look, you know, we there was a threat from China. We dealt with it, ladies and gentlemen, as if to, like, blow the smoke off the smoking gun. You know, like, we nailed it. We dealt with it. But uh, it, it was... It was uh, allowed to travel across the United States without any interference whatsoever, apparently gathered all the information it needed. And, you know, we have our own spy planes that, you know, and drones and other things that are used for surveillance purposes that have incredible capabilities to capture information, whether it's cloudy or sunny, dark or light, you know. Um, And who knows just exactly what was being captured. Now, some people said, well, yeah, but it got shot down. Okay, but it was probably also transmitting whatever information it was gathering uh, in real time. Therefore, it doesn't matter if you shot it down six, seven days later. It's already transferred all its data right. to whoever you know was uh, the, whoever was the source, and we believe obviously it was the Chinese people. I just think it just uh, represents uh, an inept attempt on the part of our military and our government to protect the United States of America. I think it's pretty troubling. I think when most of us go to sleep at night, we're thinking, "Hey, we're pretty safe." You know, there's people out there watching. Uh, on our behalf. And and then there was a couple of reports that came out recently. They've recalibrated the sensors now, like we're looking for uh, things that are moving slower and flying higher and so forth. Well, that's, uh, I don't know, but I think any country in the world that, that means us harm that has any level of advanced technology could have figured that out just by sending up a few, quote, trial balloons and recognize that the United States all of a sudden is incredibly vulnerable if it's that easy to get some kind of a dangerous aircraft over U.S. airspace. So um, I'm troubled about it just as an American citizen, but I think it's a bunch of baloney on the part of the Biden administration attempting to look tough uh, and shoot things out of the sky now at first glance just to prove that, you know, that we're all safe. But I don't necessarily feel safe. Yeah, I know. You know what? Me either. So, something about this is not adding up. That somebody's definitely got some Ricky Ricardo splaining to do. Uh, what about the UFO nature of this and the commander of NORAD and the, the, the conspiracy theorists are going crazy right now? Hey, maybe this is a probe from another planet and blah, blah, blah. And we're going to dive into that part of it coming up next. Uh, before we do, just a quick reminder. Anytime you listen to this podcast, you hear us talking about preborn because Of all the things we can discuss and debate, we cannot, folks, we cannot stop thinking about protecting unborn babies. That needs to be front and center all the time. We can multitask. We can debate all kinds of issues and take action to stop abortions. And that's why we ask you to partner with Preborn every every podcast. And here's what you do. It's just simple. You go to crawfordmediagroup.net and click on the Preborn tab. And then give whatever you can give. Here's the money. You're talking about $28 to stop one abortion. That's why we're asking everybody to give $280 to stop 10 abortions, to save 10 babies' lives. It's that simple. How is that done? By showing ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms. The moms choose life when they see an ultrasound image of their baby. 
but it takes money to do that. Preborn is the organization that's showing these ultrasound images in pro-life pregnancy centers all across America, but it takes money. And that's why we ask you for $280 one time to stop 10 abortions, would you do that? Now, if you could do more than that, do more than that. Maybe you've been blessed by God and you can stop 100 abortions and you can give a one-time gift of $2,800. Would you prayerfully consider doing that now? It's tax write-off for you. And listen, we need some of you out there to buy ultrasound machines. Maybe you have a small business or your family business or whatever. It's $15,000 to buy an ultrasound machine. And your legacy will be saving thousands and thousands of babies' lives. But for the rest of everybody else, what do you say, huh? 280 bucks, stop 10 abortions. We need everybody getting involved. So if you have not done this yet, please do it now. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the Preborn tab, and you can give right there. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. Also, they answer the phones 24-7. So you can call right now and talk to a live person, 833-850-BABY. Just mention Crawford uh, Media, just mention the Crawford Roundtable podcast when you call, okay? 833-850-BABY. We appreciate you folks doing this. As we continue the podcast talking about the balloon being shot down and now these other objects being shot down. All right, the commander of NORAD was asked by a reporter, hey, are you open to the possibility that these are extraterrestrials from other planets? And he says, well, we're not ruling anything out. <laughs> I don't think that was a smart thing to say, the White House backtracking on that. Oh, no, it's not, not space aliens. Uh, but there are some people, Roger, that do believe that maybe it is. Now, I've talked about this many times on my own show. My views on this, I do not believe that there's any, first of all, I don't believe these are space aliens. They're UFOs because a UFO by definition is an unidentified flying object. So I take off my shoe and I throw it at you and you're like, what was that? That was a UFO. As soon as you've identified it, it becomes an IFO. So UFO doesn't mean aliens from another planet. I don't believe that there's life on other planets. I just flat out don't. I don't think that lines up biblically and I don't think that lines up logically. And Roger, I just kind of want to throw to you very quickly, at least my reasons why on this, and then I want to get your take on this. Uh, the, first of all, God is able to do whatever he wants. If God wants to create life on other planets, he certainly can. All right? and he doesn't have to tell us about it. But I would argue if he did, then he wouldn't have written scripture in certain areas the way that he did. I don't think that he would be uh, telling us that humans are created in his image and likeness, that the purpose of the stars and the heavens is for us to behold his glory, uh, not to be the home of Belzadar and the Gamma Quadrant, but also I don't think he'd be telling us in scripture that all of creation is now groaning and affected by the sin that happened in the Garden of Eden. So the Klingons now have sin in their world because of what Adam and Eve did here on planet Earth. Uh, and then how do they atone for their sins? Did Jesus go to their planet and die for their sins? Well, Scripture says he died once and for all. So it seems that Scripture would be less ambiguous about these areas if God created life on other planets and just chose not to tell us about it. Uh, and so I don't biblically see why we should believe there's life on other planets. I believe all of the, the stars that are out there and all of the trillions and trillions and trillions of planets 
are just like the trillions and trillions and trillions of grains of sand on a beautiful beach. Most of them we don't see with the naked eye, but they're all plain. There's no names etched on any of those grains of sand. And I think the trillions of planets are nothing more than God's heavenly grains of sand for us to see his awesome creation. And logically, it doesn't make sense either, because when you look at some of these orbs or UFO sightings or things like that that seem to defy the laws of physics, they're moving faster than the speed of sound through our atmosphere in some cases, yet they don't leave any uh, atmospheric burn trail. They don't leave any sonic booms. Okay, if these are beings or probes from another planet, they can't violate the laws of physics in our own airspace. This tells me that it's demonic trickery. In those types of cases, these things shot down, doesn't look like demonic trickery. Looks to me nothing more than some kind of civilian or weather balloon or possibly spy balloons, but who really knows? Bottom line, I don't see them being UFOs, Roger. Yeah, or at I, least I space even, alien UFOs. Yeah, the, the kind that we're used to from Deep Space Nine or you know whatever Star Trek. Right. I mean, the the idea that this that this is some kind of alien life form. And to your point earlier, I read a report earlier this morning before we started recording this podcast um, about the fact that uh, the, the government is assuring us, well, don't worry. I mean, even though these are UFOs, we'll never be able to find any of the evidence. You know, once they're down, I'm like okay, well, I. <laughs> Okay. Help, help me understand. You know, every time we talk about preborn, for example, I mean, it, it's just the 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 juxtaposition here is just so odd. It's just it's, and, and yet this is the world that we're living in. We're living in a time right now where a woman can look at an ultrasound of a preborn baby and say, "Gosh, I wonder what that is." You know, I mean, the the left, the abortion right. industry will say, "Well, you don't know if that's a human being or not." This, that, and the other thing, but. All you have to do is wave something on CNN or MSNBC that says, hey, there was a UFO, there's space aliens, and everybody flocks to it. Oh, I know. Oh, we've got to get to the bottom of this. I mean, Well, actually, Roger, you know, so when they're, we're, t- we're told that that baby sucking his thumb is not life, but if these people found a fossilized microscopic microbe on Mars, the headlines would be life found on Mars. Exactly, exactly. And so, I mean, to, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I can't – UFO, alien – the media has done such a great job of getting us all schooled with all of our Twilight Zone movies and things like that. It just It's kind of ingrained in our culture. It's one of those cultural norm, narrative, urban legend things that people believe and they want to hold on to it. And isn't it interesting that more people would put so much faith and trust? I mean, I was listening to you with, you know, defend your faith with logic and reason. And I'm like, yeah, but... But to to the blind, you know, to the searching, you know, the wisdom of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. I mean, it, it right. let's not miss the larger story here. I mean, we can we can focus on the minutia, and this is ridiculous what's happening here. But the right. larger, it, how many people are believing this nonsense? It's I know, crazy. I know. Well, Neil, let me ask you: You're a pastor, just like Roger is. Uh, your thoughts on the UFO craze? Some people connecting space aliens to these, and just the idea of even life on other planets. I know we did a podcast on this a long time ago. Is there life on other planets? Uh, my view has been very clear. I just don't believe that God created life on other planets. He could have, but if he would have, I don't think Scripture would be written the way that it was. And some of these images could not defy the laws of physics in our atmosphere. Well, he obviously didn't have to tell us about it, but if he did create life on other planets, so to speak, as we see it in the movies, I think he would have told us about it. And by the way, all of creation was affected by the fall. Right. Therefore, uh, if there was some kind of life on other planets, it also would have been impacted by sin and brokenness and death, etc. So then we would have been told that Jesus died to redeem not only mankind, but people who exist on other planets. I just don't buy the idea that there really truly is, you know, some type of human-like life on other planets. Um, Secondarily, 
why is it that we're so fascinated by life on other planets, as you so aptly described with the microbe idea, and yet we reject, you know, any understanding of life inside the womb, or we don't want to hear about it? Don't, you know, la, 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 I put my hands over my ears. I don't want to hear about what's going on inside the womb, because that's not life. That's not mm -hmm. life yet, at least, uh, as some people define it. So we really have some answering to do for, you know, that kind of hypocrisy as far as life is concerned. But, you know, you mentioned the word demons earlier, and I do believe that there's an awful lot of demonic activity in the world. Clearly, there's a spiritual realm that we're not fully aware of. We know it's there scripturally, and sometimes I think we have encounters uh, with demons or angels. I think uh, some of them have been documented in Scripture and others have been documented in real life. But, you know, clearly, I mean, Peter uh, had an encounter with an angel. Daniel uh, in Scripture had an encounter with an angel. Um, you know, there's, there's instances where angels had encounters with human beings. So if that's the case, why can't fallen well, Hebrews angels? 13. Hebrews 13 makes that clear. Sure. And so then why can't fallen angels have encounters with people? And Satan, uh, in 2 Corinthians 11, it tells us, disguises himself as an angel of light. Right. Therefore, you know, it, demons coming to people or having encounters with people to, in order to deceive uh, or to do harm is entirely possible. And or right. to show up as some kind of an alien for an instant to to you know to try to get people to believe that aliens exist i don't know what the motivation behind that would be other than that satan is a deceiver and he wants he wants us to be focused on everything except jesus right the bottom line is create chaos create problems in the mm -hmm. world create distractions everywhere so people will not look at the truth of scripture or the person of jesus christ who came to redeem exactly man. i'll tell you what i can easily see a motive from, on the part of Satan and his demons to A, get people fascinated with the paranormal and the idea of life somewhere out there in the universe. B, to weaken or water down the idea that there's something special and unique about humanity mm -hmm. in the universe. Uh, and then C, to feed the narrative that life can just spring up and evolve somewhere on planets around the universe, just like it supposedly did here on Earth. So I, I totally see a a, uh, a motive on the part of Satan and his demons to try to convince people that there's life on other Absolutely. planets. And to me, it doesn't make logical sense, biblical sense, or scientific sense. So, uh, but I'll tell you what, it, we, we always appreciate uh, you folks listening and, and tuning into the podcast. We talk about a lot of different things on this po podcast, of course. And just a reminder, Please go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn tab and give to Preborn if you would. $280 will stop 10 abortions. And you know something? These babies are alive. They are life. They are made in the image and likeness of God. And we have a chance to save their lives. Just take some money to do it. All right, $280 will stop 10 abortions. Please do that now, CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And if you want to give over the phone, remember, they answer the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You talk to a live person, you can call right now, 833-850-BABY. You can call 4 o'clock in the morning and talk to a real-life person and give right now, 833-850-BABY. Just mention the National Crawford Roundtable. And we look forward to having John Rush back with us next week. Uh, this week, of course, Roger Marsh, the bottom line from the People's Republic of California, which is, you know what? 
maybe I do believe in space aliens when I look at what goes <laughs> on in thinking, California. I was thinking the same you know, thing. Maybe just maybe. Gavin Newsom is probably the, the best <laughs> argument to refute my theory. All right. <laughs> Neil Boron, Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York, which New York is not that far behind. And for that matter, Michigan <laughs> isn't. Right. Okay, forget it. We're all aliens. Uh, and so, and don't forget, folks, you can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com. And you can listen to past episodes at CrawfordMediaGroup.net, as well as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And Neil, Roger, may the force be with you. Live long and prosper. Look forward to next week. God bless as my you. Thanks, Lutheran Bob. alien friends would say, and also with you. <laughs> and, also, <laughs> and also with you. All right, we'll see you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. A view of today's culture through a biblical lens brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. And by Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. Your generous financial support makes it possible for Alliance Defending Freedom to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app and look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.